Grant great Holy Ghost victory, O Lord. Grant great Holy Ghost victory, my Father. We love and praise you, O living God. We love and praise you. Jesus' holy name. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. If you have a Bible this morning, we're going to take a look at God's holy word together. Old Testament, I'd like to turn to the book of Exodus, second book of the Old Testament, following Genesis, the book of origins and beginnings, we come to Exodus, chapter 15, please, this morning, I'm glad for each and every one of you that's here, I want to worship and praise the Lord and take a look at his word this morning, thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. In Exodus chapter 15, begin with verse 1, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. Horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Everybody said praise the Lord. I just would like to work for a little while this morning on glorious triumph. Glorious triumph and victory, as a matter of fact. And how great our God is. And he never faileth. Never. And there are very few things that you can use that adverb never with. As a matter of fact, they kind of warn you away from it. You know, like never say never and things like that. Uh, it's like somebody told me, <clears throat> was discussing with somebody in the church a day or two ago, and they were talking about uh, in their family that there are things that they're predisposed to, uh, whether it be cancer or whatever it might be. And I said, I, I don't buy that. I said, I have the Holy Ghost. And I said, so I don't buy into anything like that. That's for people of the world. That's for people that don't have this message and this truth and this experience, more importantly. How great it is to be in the church, in the body of Christ, and to experience the glorious victory and triumph that he gives to us when he gives us this experience. Everybody said amen. All right. Love each and every one of you. We're glad you're here this morning. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. This um, particular setting in Exodus has to do with, of course, the people of God being called out of Egypt, and Egypt being a type of the world and Pharaoh being a type of, of the devil, and how that uh, the time had come according to the promise of God, the promise that was given to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob generations there and they were given <clears throat> the promise that the people of God would be visited and that they would come out of bondage they would come out of sin they would come out of darkness they would 
come out of what had held them captive for so long. And now the time has come. You know, when God says something, you can count on it coming to pass. And there are times when, unfortunately, we get just a wee bit impatient, don't we? We think it should happen at the pop of a finger, and, uh, but that's not always the case. There are times when we have to wait on the Lord, that he is working so many different things out, and he's working it out, and that's what you want to believe. That's what you want to remember, that God's working on it, and he's got it all planned, and the victory is coming. It is imminent. It's right on the cusp. It's right on the horizon. And um, this needs to give us great hope, great encouragement. We do wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And uh, there are battles to go through. For example, you know, when Jesus taught in the days of his flesh, he taught um, in parables very often, which are illustrations of truth. They're not f fantasies or something like that. They're illustrations of truth. And um, he talked about the sower that went forth to sow the seed and how that the seed fell on the wayside just right out there in the open, so to speak. And um, then he said that as the sower went on sowing, some seed fell upon stony ground where it didn't have much earth. It got no root because it could take no depth in the soil. And then he moved on and told about the seed falling among the thorns how that the thorns would spring up and that they would choke that good seed and it would cease to bring forth any fruit and then last but not least he spoke of the seed falling upon the good ground and how that would be those in a good and an honest heart would receive the word of God and in receiving that word of God being open to that word of God and nothing that we read of kept it from doing its job and bearing fruit. He even said 30, 60, and 100-fold, a tremendous yield that would take place. And uh, what I'm saying to you is Jesus did say that the, the seed is the Word of God. It's that good Word of God. And that what we want to look at is when it falls on the wayside, Bible teaches they hear it and they believe it but it's so it just passes so quickly and uh, the same thing with the stony ground it just didn't last very long that good seed uh, because affliction or some type of opposition would rise up now you've got to expect opposition you've got to expect when the seed falls by the wayside that the fowls of the air or the buzzards of hell would come dive bombing in to gobble up that seed, that word of God, and get it away from a person's heart. And how that the sun would rise up, burning heat when the seed would 
fall upon the stony ground. And because it didn't have much depth of earth, that it would cause that seed to burn up and not be able to bring forth anything unto fruit. And what I'm trying to say to you is that there are people that get robbed of the glorious victory. The glorious victory. There are people that hear the Word of God preached in truth. And that precious, precious truth is divulged to them. They get their understanding opened and they understand the Word of God about truth. Now, what that really comes down to is that Jesus gave birth to one church for everybody, not one building, okay, but one body of Christ, universal, global. And that church is going to bring this message, preach this truth, this gospel truth, to everybody everywhere. You can come join Marvin if you like, Pete. He's kind of lonely up here. He makes a solo target. I don't think he likes it. Thank you. And uh, when, the, when people oftentimes get this truth and it comes to them, there's many things that rise up to afflict. There's many things that come against, come against. And very often it's family, and they, they have a lot of criticism, and they'll come and, uh, with great force. I remember when my wife and I were witness to, and we begin to get excited about what the Bible said, chapter and verse, and we, we did what it said. It told us to repent. We did that. And then it told us to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And so my wife and I did that. We were baptized in the tank together. And then we began to worship the Lord. And I received the Holy Ghost first. And uh, we went back to the state and the area where we were born and raised. And we talked to everybody, tried to share with them the truth of the Scriptures. And in my infancy, in this experience, in this truth, I thought everybody would embrace this. I thought everybody would want this and be as happy as I was. And I'm afraid I ran into a brick wall. I ran into stubbornness. I ran into unbelief. I ran into a lot of criticism. A family member told me, if I open that Bible, they said, I'll crucify you. And they told me they were the devil. Told me that flat out. So it, it didn't go as smoothly as I thought it would go. I didn't, I didn't run into open arms and just wanting this and would embrace it. Not at all. Quite the opposite. But you know, all it did was verify and prove to us this opposition, this affliction, this coming against. All it did was prove to us what a glorious victory God had given us. Marvin might want to put that to about 72. What great victory the Lord had given to us. And that I had family tell us we'd rather see you in drugs and divorced than be like this. 
Well, of course they would feel that way because when God gives you this great truth, you're born again of water and the Spirit, born again of water because you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And you're born again of the Spirit because you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that Jesus gave his life on the cross for. You might purchase that gift, and it says God would pour out his Spirit upon all flesh, sons and daughters. Oh, yes, how glorious, young and old. Everybody everywhere throughout the whole earth. And so we found that the light that God gave us, and it did say, let your light so shine. And in being happy and life changing for the good and what took place inside, and a good change inside brought a good change outside. And there was so much light that they were so convicted of their sins. And they just couldn't stand it. And they just wanted to block it out and uh, run away from it and fight it and rise up against it. And then there's the thorns. And that's the cares of this world. That's the deceitfulness of sin. But you know, God can give you an experience that you rise above that and that you, you're aware now of the deceitfulness of sin and you're, you're aware of that which wants to come and choke this truth out of your life, get you involved with every kind of thing, going in every kind of direction. But you know, I'm going to tell you something. When we came in the body of Christ in the church, we came out of the world and came in to the church. And, and the world no longer held any draw for us, no allurement. We, we just weren't interested in it anymore. We didn't want to go to the places we had been going any longer. And we didn't want to speak and think the way that we had been thinking and speaking any longer. We did not want to hang out with the people that we were had been hanging out with and going to the places that they go to. We didn't want that anymore. That there'd been a change inside of us. You know, the Lord gives you an experience, a born-again experience, because first time around, <clears throat> we're born losers. We're born in sin. We're shaping in iniquity. And we fall short of the glory of God. But He brings this truth and he gives us victory. He gives us triumph over the horse and the rider, over the devils of hell that we were bound by. And we become so happy and so excited with the victory that God gives us. That the old things are passed away, the Bible said. And behold, all things become new. They're made new, and, and you're, you're just so happy about it. You don't, you don't want anything to do with the things that are going to pull you in the wrong direction and pull you away or choke out the good things of God or let the buzzards of hell come and snatch it away from you or let any kind of, ah, what do I want to say, anything that would rise up and begin to, choke out and 
destroy and afflict you and offend you about truth, that you'd be able to stand up against all of that. And you're, you're firm and you're sure. And we are, the Bible said, when we're born again, that we're built on a sure foundation. It's the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Oh, yeah, we're not in an unstable place. Uh, we're, not, we're not one way one day and another way another day. This becomes linear. This becomes straight and narrow. This taking us to the gates that lead to eternal life. We're not in the broad path. We're not going to the right and the left and turning backwards. That's not taking place any longer. And we're not finding ourselves unsure about things. We become persuaded and convinced of the Scriptures. And we're very, very thankful for that kind of solidity and stability in our lives because we're living in a world that's completely unstable. We're living in a world where people don't know whether they're coming or going. They don't even know what they are. Wake up one morning and they, they're a girl. Get up the next morning, they're a boy. This is what the newspapers and magazines are full of and lots of other media that you don't want to be viewing and be a part of. From the earliest ages in the public schools, they're teaching this to the children. But God can give you an experience that will set your feet on a solid rock and that you won't be up and down and you won't be questioning and you won't be confused and you won't be mixed up. You'll know what you got. You'll know that. This is an experience. I walked into an insurance business someday last week. I can't even remember what day it was, but one something Monday through Friday <laughs> last week. And um, I, uh, when I came in, the, all the desks are right there, like in a, almost like a lobby. And uh, they looked up and they said, hey, we were just talking about you. And I said, really? <laughs> and they said, yes, we were talking about religion. And I said, well, I said, I don't have religion. I said, but I can talk to you about salvation. I said, because religion is of man and they mess everything up. Salvation is of God. And he gives you that. You get it right. You get it right. You don't want to fumble this. You don't, you don't want to let this go in one ear and out the other. The Bible said you want to give the more earnest heed, a powerful heed, to the things which we have heard less than any time. We let them slip. You don't want to do that. Not at all. And so they, they kind of sat up a little straighter and they nodded their heads and <laughs> They'd known they'd been to church with senior pastor for a couple of seconds anyway. And uh, so I, I left out one about my business, but I left them with something to think about. And uh, you do not want, and they agreed. They said, that's what we were saying about religion. And I said, that's right. It's all mixed up. It's all man-made. You want what is God-given. You want what comes from above. 
The one writer said, a man can receive nothing. A person, in other words, can receive nothing except it come from above. And our good God, whom the heavens of the heavens cannot contain, he sent this salvation. He sent a messenger. He said, I want you to prepare the way because the Messiah is coming. The Son of God is coming. Oh, yeah. He sent John the baptizer. He was, he was firm. He was strong. He wasn't backing down to people's mouths, and he, he warned them when they came out. He's baptizing people left and right, left and right. They came from all the regions round about. And when he saw certain ones come up, he said, Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Well, he didn't play around. He wasn't a soft peddling around. Not at all. He knew what manner of spirit that was. Friend, he dealt with that because he had all those people to protect. Didn't want the buzzards of hell to snatch that seed. He didn't want that to fall where there was no depth of earth. He didn't want the thorns to choke it. He was trying to plant that seed in good ground. Amen. He wanted to make sure that these people understood what they had gotten. He wanted them to know that came and tried to wanted to talk about who they were and what their pedigree was and all of that. And he said, you don't, you don't tell me you're Abraham's children. He said, don't try to throw that in my face. He said, uh, God's able to raise up of these stones. And you know what? God did. Because the time came when the certain ones would not work with the program And so the program marched on and left them behind. Hence, the cloud moved to the Gentiles. And God raised up the Apostle Paul, who became an apostle to the Gentiles. And everybody said amen. I tell you, you don't want to mess with God. Because God's, God's got a church. And it's going to triumph gloriously. It's going to be a glorious triumph. It's going to be a victory. Amen and amen and amen. Some people want to claim and throw around we win and stuff like that. And all it is is their flesh. All it is is their carnality. All it is is them having their way and their rebellion. But I'm telling you, that's going to come to a screeching halt. This is not fake. This is not phony. We're not serving an idol. We're serving the living God. The living God. Amen and amen and amen. Come on now. Amen. Thank God and thank God and thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. Tell you what, when they were coming out of Egypt, and Pharaoh was coming after them, and the ground was shaking, People were feeling fear. Yeah. Moses and Aaron are on their faces. <laughs> and God said, get up. He said, and tell my people to go forward. 
You know, you could just hear something say, oh, the horses, but the riders, but the, but, 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 but. Next thing you know, though, they're singing a song, aren't they? Amen. Because that which the Egyptians were assaying to do, we saw you do it, we're going to do it. Oh, yeah? The difference between having this experience and not having this experience. Amen. Yeah. It's like the guy that wanted to cast out a devil because he saw, he saw Paul and, and the church cast out some devils. And he thought he was going to do the same thing. He's going to be a big dog. After all, he was all that. So he stood over a man that had a devil, and he said, I adjure thee by the name of Jesus that Paul preacheth. And that devil spoke right back at him. said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? Ha, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who do you think you are? And that devil leaped on him and beat the socks off of him and wounded him and sent him down the road, ripped and torn. Oh, yeah. Of our preachers one time did a very unorthodox thing, but he was a very unique individual, and he was walking along the boulevard, and there was a big window, and it was a palm reader, crystal ball reader, and he turned in there, as I said, very unorthodox, and he sat down opposite the soothsayer. And the person began to, the old witch began to go through her incantations and all her stuff. And all of a sudden, it stepped out of that fake and phony realm and stepped into the real thing. And that spirit inside of her started wailing. Oh, yes. And she said, the spirit in you is greater than the spirit in me. Well, you better believe that's the truth. Bible said, greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. Oh, yeah. Over and over, Jesus told us not to fear. Not, nothing to fear. But there's a, there's a river. We've got something coming up behind us, coming after us. You better know the devil's going to come after you when you get exposed to truth. You might as well expect it. And prepare yourself. And know that Jesus Christ has never failed. Not one time. We're not built for failure. We're built for victory. Amen. Yes, sir. And when they came going forward, as they were told, to that Red Sea, and God caused a big old wind to blow that Red Sea back on both sides and stand up on a heap. Doesn't it remind you of the disciples sent by Jesus in the boat to go to the other side? Well, he was down below asleep on a pillow and a storm arose. <laughs> storm arose. Man, what are we going to do? And these guys were professionals. They were used to the sea. They were fishermen by trade until they dropped their nets and followed Jesus. Now they find themselves in a vicious storm that, that arose on the lake, the big old lake. And they, they got afraid. 
He got afraid the boat was filling up with water. They ran down and they awakened Jesus. That is the flesh. And they said, Carest thou not that we perish? Here comes Jesus upstairs on the deck of the boat, wiping the sleep out of his. <gasps> What's the problem, boys? Wind is blowing all over the place. The boat's taking on water. And then Jesus, I guess he woke up. He got a little, a little awake there, and he, I don't think he'd had his morning coffee. McDonald's hadn't been visited yet. And he told that wind to back off. <laughs> and he told that sea to sit down. And the Bible said the disciples were. They were so amazed and filled with marvel. It was, it was beyond their comprehension. He said, even the wind and the seas obey him. They said, what manner of man is this? You better know what you're dealing with. I tell you, we're dealing with the almighty God. Amen. We're not playing religion. We've got Holy Ghost salvation. We've got the truth of the scriptures. Not joining ranks and going hand in hand with people that play their little games. You're going to find out that there's wrath to come. There's wrath to come. That was the message from him whom God had sent with warned you. Warned you. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think Mr. Farrow got the warning, but, boy, he sure got slapped down now, didn't he? When God watched them try to do what his church does, tried to imitate it, tried to be like it in their flesh, in their own ideas that were not of God, and those waters collapsed and drowned them. And the children of Israel saw them no more. And they just went on their way in glorious triumph and victory. And every time as you read, you read about the challenges and the glorious victories that God gave. But I'm going to tell you what, that victory was so great, it, Moses got inspired and wrote a song. And then he further got inspired and he sang the song. Miriam grabbed her tambourine, and they got, they got to having themselves a real hoedown in the Holy Ghost. They had a big old time worshiping and praising and magnifying God for the glorious triumph he gave them over the enemy. It left them like the disciples when the seas calmed down, the wind backed off, and the, everything you know what the difference was in that situation? Sure, there's going to be challenges that rise up. The storm arose. But then Jesus arose. That's how it says it right in your Bible. Jesus arose. Greater is he 
that you have and what the devil brings. Oh, yeah. He's going to bring storms. He's going to whip some things up. He's going to rattle the sabers. He's going to, you know, shake the window panes. He's going to do all kinds of junk. But you know what? He's nothing but a bluff. That's all he is. He's just playing. Kind of reminds you of the skunk getting on the ark, right? He was spraying when he should have been praying. Well, you got people that they're playing when they ought to be praying. Yes, sir. And God said, oh, friend, time to take care of business. And my God takes care of business. Yes, he does. Came in the flesh, barely a young lad, and he's answering questions and asking questions, and the, all the degreed professional people didn't know what to do. His mother finally caught up with him, and his supposed father, his brothers, sisters, what's up? And he said, wished you not that I must be about my father's business? This is a business, not a carnal business, not a natural business. Like I told one businessman the other day at downtown, I said, I said, you know, you have a business and you can, you can sell it for $10 and then next day you can sell it for $20. You know? I said, I can't do that. My product is free. It's free. He acknowledged I had the best. And I said, yes, I do. I said, and I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining to you there's a difference. There's a difference. You know? Yes. But the real difference is that we have God. And we're not just saying it. We know it. We have experienced. This Holy Ghost is an experience. Okay. If you've ever had a heart attack, I can only identify with you up to a certain point because, thankfully, by God's grace, I've never had a heart attack. And that's an experience. And so it is with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can identify just up to a point until you experience it. I've told many, many, many times, we had a young girl, that, and she was probably about, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, right in there. She came into the church, and uh, God was straightening out her life. She used to take a bath with a, a rattlesnake. Who does things like that? Asked her, why would, you take, why would you take a bath with a, a snake? Oh, I don't know. I just want to blow my mind. <laughs> you know, people just don't have anything, and they're just searching for things. They're trying all kinds of weird things. And they get pulled into this and pulled into that. And they don't, they don't recognize the snake. They don't recognize the spirit of it. But that same girl had a grandmother. And she'd been inviting the grandmother to church. Grandmother came to church and, and uh, she got the Holy Ghost. When she got the Holy Ghost, she turned around and looked at the granddaughter, and she said, why didn't you tell me it was so good? She said, Grandma, I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you. But it's an experience. 
You've got to experience this for yourself. It's not enough to just get up to a certain point. Don't cheat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. The way the first ones came in the body of Christ, the church, the way the last ones are going to come in. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Began to speak with other languages or tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the ability to do so. This is not of us. It's not our power. It's not our abilities. The world and religion seeks to do that. They want to give you a card to sign. They want to tell you to take Christ as your personal Savior. Neither of these are in the Bible. Instructions like that were never given. We want the doctrine of Christ. We want the apostles' doctrine. And that's what we have. That's what we preach, and that's what we witness. That's what we teach Bible studies to people about. To get this great truth in our hearts and in our lives, and then we want to share it with everybody. We want, if you want to hasten the coming of the Lord, then we, we've got to be about his business. We've got to tell everybody everywhere. Okay? Because that's when he's going to Return when this gospel, this gospel, not religion, not man-made, but the doctrine of Christ, the apostles' doctrine, has been preached as a witness to all nations, Matthew 24, 15. And then shall the end come. Oh, yeah. So they broke out in song and they rejoiced. They were just so happy for what all the Lord had done and how he had taken care of the enemy. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Whatever storm you're in the midst of, whatever opposition you're dealing with, please remember that if you get into church, the body of Christ, and you get this experience, and I would tell you to hasten and get this experience. Hurry up. Don't drag around. Don't play games. Don't do that. Lots of people want to shop around like they were in a grocery store or something. And they want to go from place to place to place. You want to get in this book. And when, when, you're pointed, when it's pointed out to you, then you read it. And then the challenge is for you to believe it. I have preached on the radio here and continue to do so for many years now. And I have told people, not only over the microphone and the radio, but I've told people face to face and just watch them glaze over. I asked an individual that came to somebody's house and they asked me to come because they were concerned. And so I went <clears throat> to the house and I listened to the spiel, the talk that the individual was giving. And I began to point out some things until finally I turned the Bible around and I said, read that verse. So they read it. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
I said, when does that mean just what it says? Well, of course, they had no answer. Oh, yeah. I tell you, people just glaze over. I tell you, the buzzards of hell come flying in there. I tell you that it hits just too close to the surface and doesn't get any depth. I tell you that the thorns spring up quickly and choke, choke. But we're looking for good ground. We're looking for good ground. We're asking God for good ground. We want to sow the seed and reap the harvest. We want to see people get this experience. Yeah. And you won't wind up like the Egyptians, a saying to go through on dry ground. And they couldn't do it. Of course they couldn't do it. And there are people that think they're going to go in what's commonly referred to as the rapture, more biblically referred to as the first resurrection. They think they're going to go. People have a lot of crazy ideas about heaven. They came to Jesus and they said, hey, woman, husband died. The law, Moses. Scripture said that his brother is to take this woman and that raise up seed so the name doesn't die out. That was what Moses taught in the law. You know, people can take chapter and verse and horribly misapply it and mix it up. You want an example of that? The devil comes to Jesus and said, if you be who you say you are, cast yourself down. And Jesus said, it's written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. My mother-in-law tried that. Yeah, She told my wife, she said, she said, let's go into the city, talking New York City. And said, you know, spend the day, kids and everything, and then we'll come back. My wife said, but that means we'd have to come back on the subway at night. She said, I'm not doing that, and I'm not doing it with my kids. That's not safe. And so my mother-in-law says, oh, we have God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I'm not going to lay down in the middle of the street to count traffic just because I have God. You know? I'm not jumping out of any airplanes without a parachute or with a parachute, to be quite frank about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything to prove. I've got the Holy Ghost. I got all the proof I need. Amen. Yeah. Mm hmm So you have to <clears throat> you have to get this experience. You have to let God give you an experience that is convincing and it persuades you, causes you to embrace like Simeon of old. When they brought the Christ child, he embraced that child, raised it up. Now I've seen my, thy salvation. I can go in peace. That's right. You can go in peace. You don't have to be mixed up. Because, see, they said to Jesus, they said, well, she outlived the second brother. Here came a third. As a matter of fact, went through seven. This is a very hearty woman. And so they said, so, Master. Whose wife is she going to be? 
in the resurrection. <laughs> and Jesus said, you got some mighty weird ideas. He said, you do err. You're in error. You've got it all mixed up. You know, a lot of people got a lot of funny notions about things. A saying to do. They're going to go do it. They're going to go too. They're this, they're that, they're the other. Jesus said, except you be born again of water and of the Spirit, you cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. He said, I'm the door. You come through me or you're not coming. It's as simple as that. Very, very important to realize that God means just what he said. He means just what he said. Our God doesn't lie. And yet, isn't it wonderful that his arms figuratively are stretched out to everybody? For God so loved the world. The Spirit so loved the world. God is the Spirit. So loved it that he, he created a body, a flesh, and he dwelled in it to the fullness. The invisible showed himself visibly and went about doing good, and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil because that body that was filled with the Spirit, had a job to do, had to be about the Father's business. And so he healed the sick, and he raised the dead, and he cleansed the lepers. You know, the Scripture teaches that one case among many, rather outstanding in the book of Mark, in the course of the day, a leper, the leper came to Jesus. Now, maybe he was missing a nose or an ear or fingers were gone. They had to cry unclean wherever they went. They had to cover themselves. And they had to stay away from everybody. Oh, yeah. But this individual, the Bible said he came running and kneeling to Jesus and said, I know you can cleanse me if you will. No doubt in his mind. No doubt in his mind. Not questioning everything. Not arguing everything. Not taking issue. Not being rebellious. But humility. Humbling in front of everybody. Knelt down. Yes, knelt down. If you will, you could, you could cleanse me. You could take away this horrible disease in my life. And you know the Bible teaches that Jesus did just that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you would, a person would get humble. A person would know why we come and gather together in his name. We come to worship him. We come to praise him. We come to call his name that's above every name. Yeah. Come on now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When the church, that the only church that Jesus ever gave birth to, that's for everybody everywhere. 
Doesn't matter what skin color. Doesn't matter what language. Doesn't matter what island or what country or what nationality. It's to everybody everywhere. Amen. When this church went forth into all the known world and preached the apostles' doctrine, the doctrine that Jesus gave to them. And as they did that, they began to establish congregations in different places. That's why you have Romans to Revelation. They came to a place called Coloss. Hence, we got the book of Colossians. In chapter 2, and verse 15, and let me just back up a little bit, give you some background. I don't want to give you too much because it's all good. But verse 12 said, buried with him in baptism. Baptism is a burial. You're burying the old you. And when we bring you up out of the water, you're going to be a new you. All your sins are forgiven because of the blood that's in the name of Jesus. And only the blood can wash away your sins. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of the Spirit who hath raised him from the dead. That's it right there. That's born of water and born of spirit, trying to say the same thing in a little more advanced way. Plow in the field a little differently, but the same ingredients. Water baptism, Spirit of God, Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. And you, he's telling these people, you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together or made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. I'm telling you, there's going to be a devils. They're going to rise up. You know, the enemy doesn't want to just let go of you. Not at all. He wants to hang on. He doesn't want you to. He, you're, people that are coming to the truth, people that are coming to the light, people that are going through the door, which is Jesus, people that are getting the born-again experience, the salvation of God, that's the ones the devil really wants. he got everybody else. He wants the church. He wants the body of Christ. He wants people that make up that church and, and are parts of congregations in different places of the earth. And he will, not, he will not spare any trick. That's why we have to put on the whole armor of God to withstand the wiles of the devil. He's a trickster. Oh, yeah. And don't forget, he's very smooth. Hath God said? Boy, what did that woman allow into her mind having a conversation with a snake? And that old devil was just pouring it on. Yes. He's a liar. 
said, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Everybody said, praise the Lord. So remember, it went on to say, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. No man judge you. He said, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body, the church, is of Christ. Let no man beguile you your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Intruding. Oh, there's some intruders, my friend. Spirits intrude. They come in. Yes, they do. Intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. There's wrath coming. And we have been warned, and righteously so. But I am telling you, you're born again of water and spirit. If you have repented, you say, I believe. Well, if you believe, then you'll repent because the Word said to do that. And if you're believing, then you're going to do what the Word says. Believing is action. If you're believing, you will be buried with Him in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And if you're believing, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you'll be risen with Him. You'll have the born-again experience of water and spirit. And that taking place in your life and becoming a part of the body of Christ through that experience, then this is what he's telling the church, people that got this experience. He's explaining to them what all has taken place, what all has happened. Some people are just ignorant. They're lacking knowledge of what all God has done and what all he's doing and what all he has planned. We can't afford to be cheated out of this, tricked out of this, schmoozed out of this. We don't need to listen, you know? Uh -uh. I tell you, one of the worst things that's hit our generation is social media. It has, it has given rise to gossip on a whole new level. whole new level. And brought all kinds of false teachings and doctrines to people by way of YouTube. You said that? I said that. And it's the God's truth. If you get in this book, Get that pure gospel truth. You get that message. Yeah. yeah. God told Moses and Aaron, get off your face. 
Come on, tell my people to go. What you standing around for? You know, storm up. Storm arose. Well, then Jesus arose. We take care of business. My God's going to take care of everything. Yes, he is. It's not going to stop people from talking. They're always going to have something to say. The devil's going to find somebody to talk. Day of Pentecost, first time for whosoever will, the glorious outpouring of God's Spirit, the people that had gathered together, about 120, who were so forward-moving, they left all kinds of family and friends and co-workers and people behind. And don't you think those people were trying to persuade them not to do what Jesus said? Do it this way, or we got the same thing. All kinds of junk the devil does. Go back to John the messenger, and I'm going to tell you what. He didn't play around. Not only did he say who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, but he called for repentance. People do things wrong, and they don't want to repent. They don't backslide. They just change congregations. Jesus said, you got it all mixed up. You do greatly err concerning the Scripture. Because it's not done that way in heaven. It's not done that way at all. You're, you're basing your your belief system, and you're betting your life, your soul, on false assumptions. You think you've got it all figured out and all worked out. You just keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Lord said, why do you pray for the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord? He said, because it's going to be a day of astonishment. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of people going to be taken back, sure enough, when the church goes and they don't, they're not a part of it. The body of Christ leaves in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. They're not a part of it. People who have had their way and had their say and done their thing, in their pride, in their arrogance, in their ignorance, a lack of knowledge. Now, Jesus said, you do err, not knowing the Scripture. He began to speak to them and expound some things to them, which evidently didn't do a bit of good because they just left from there and got all mad and got together and reasoning among themselves how they could trap him to destroy him. Hatred against truth and the bearers of truth, those that speak the truth. I tell you, there's two things the devil hates, and one of them is order. He hates order. He does not want things done in order. He doesn't want your life set in order. He doesn't want you in subjection, in obedience. He does not want that. Not at all. 
wants to pump you up and make you believe you're all that. You can do whatever you want. There'll be no debate at God's throne. There'll be no explanation at the judgment. Not at all. Not at all. You do err if you're thinking that. I'm looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, just a few pages back. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always, everybody said always, always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Isn't that marvelous? And oh man, I, I'm not, you're not a church, you're not a loser, friend. We were losers. We were born in sin. We were shaping or misshapen, in iniquity, sin and lawlessness. But now we're free. We're free. Because we repented. Because we got baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And because God then filled us with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, what about Romans chapter 10? If I believe in my heart. Well, first of all, most people go, if I believe in my heart, they don't even know what the biblical heart is. It's not the pump with the blood. It's up here. Hello. It's the seat of your thoughts and your intellect and your emotions. So if you're believing with your heart, your mind, your emotions, then God sends forth His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into your Believing heart, he recognizes you are believing. Lots of good examples about that. How about a woman that, that came and won among several, but when she believed him and told him she believed him and wouldn't no insult would turn her away, no fear would turn her away, the Bible said that Jesus marveled at her faith. Marveled at her. Can you stop Jesus dead in his tracks with your faith? Can you believe him no matter what the obstacles, the buzzards of hell flying around like dive bombers, you know, and people bringing all kinds of opposition to you, having so much to say and trying to convince you? Oh, the thorns, cares of this life, deceitfulness of sin, Everything trying to choke the life out of you, the holy life. Oh, my friend, you've got to show God I'm good ground. You sow that seed in me, I'm going to bring forth fruit. I'm going to live for you, Lord. What did he say in the Old Testament? Why will you die? God wants you to live. He wants you to live for him. He wants you to let your light so shine everywhere you go. No matter what people say, no matter what tricks the enemy employs, that you're going to march on. You're going to go forward. You're going to live for him. Yeah. He always causes us to triumph. I'm mighty glad about that. Mighty glad about that. The psalmist said in Psalm 41,
Everybody said praise the Lord. Psalm 41 and verse 7. No, actually verse 1, I'm sorry. 47 and, did I do that? Am I looking right or am I not looking right? Here we go. 41 is verse 11, I'm sorry. 41 and 11. By this I know that thou favorest me because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. How about that? Whew. Get God's favor in your life, friend. Amen. And 47 and 1, oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We're not defeated. We're not fighting a losing battle. Not at all. Not at all. Everybody said praise the Lord. In conclusion, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But thanks, verse 57, 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us. He gives it to us, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. This is not anything to play with or trifle with. Not to get caught up into arguments and quarrels and debates. Not at all. Matter of fact, the word debate in the Bible is located between murder and deceit. So I don't think it's anything we want to have anything to do with. We want to be about our Father's business. We want to let our light shine. We want everybody to know that they need to be born again of water and spirit. They need to repent. They need to be baptized in Jesus' name. They need to Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Become a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. And then you can teach that kind of person that good ground. It's going to bring forth fruit. And the things they used to do, they're not going to want to do them anymore. Nobody's twisted my arm for the last 47 years. I want to live for God. Ever since I got the Holy Ghost, I've wanted to live for God. And by God's grace, I hope to stay that way by his grace, by his favor. And with his favor, then I know the enemy will not triumph over me. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. You want to get that experience in your life that you're with the body of Christ and you're following properly. And you're not veering off in different directions and following just anything, anybody. We like to remember being a body, then there should be a connection with the head. And you know what the woman said about gossip? She said, she got her a new juicy, salacious piece of gossip. And she said, let me hurry up and tell it to you before I find out it's not true. I had a man 
a man in a gas station getting gas, and he, he started telling me about a guy that lied on a man. And, um, boy, he was just amazed about it, that people would actually lie on somebody. And he got the guy that told the lie, and he asked him, why did you do that? Just shook his head and said, man, I don't know, but I lied on that guy. Crazy world, church family, filled with spirits. Thank God for the truth. Thank God for the truth. Scripture said, by the truth, not with money, but with faith, by the truth, and sell it not. Oh, yeah, I want this truth because it, it brings me to a place of glorious triumph and victory. Yes, it does. Let's stand together. God love your heart. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's go forward. Let's go forward. I'm for praying and I'm for weeping and I'm for crying. That's all good. But there's also, remember, there's the voice that's telling us, you go forward. You tell my people to go forward. And if we're going to tell the people to go forward, that means that the people are following now, doesn't it? So let's be following. Let's be going forward. Amen, amen and amen and amen. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear King. Thank you, dear Savior. God is great and God is mighty. And I praise and love him this morning. I'm glad for each and every one of you that are here. All right, we're going to uh, sing and worship the Lord here a moment. Okay. <laughs>
Oh, with a voice of triumph, my God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.